Hey Siri, what is the definition of Bible literacy? The Christian scriptures, consisting of the Old and New Testaments. Do you want to hear the remaining one? Uh, no thanks, Heidi and Danielle are on their way in and I don't want them to think I'm an amateur. Sure thing. Welcome to Unstoppable Grace. I'm Heidi. I'm Danielle. I'm Laura. And together we've watched God work through our struggles, heartbreaks, setbacks, and even our most shameful failures to bring beauty from brokenness. In this podcast, we bring to you those stories, along with truths from the Bible, trusting that He can use them to meet you where you're at, shine hope, and speak freedom into your life. On our own, we are so far from great, but by His grace, we we are unstoppable. Unstoppable. But his delight is in the laws of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3, New King James Version. The worship team I was on held a weekly Bible study. We wanted to be rooted in God's word as a team that led others in worship. Each week, one of us would take a turn leading a specific topic. That week, it was my turn. I chose my topic based off of a verse that had been my favorite for a few years. I confidently read the verse to my worship team, then dove into my interpretation of it. That's out of context, one of my teammates objected. I was offended. How dare he reject what I believed God had revealed to me? What did it matter that I was using this piece of scripture in a different way than the original author had intended it? Turns out, it mattered a great deal. I was taking scripture out of context. I was using it to serve me, rather than reading it and learning about God. My approach to reading the Bible was all wrong. In my 20s, I began to understand the importance of reading scripture as one big story. The word of God is not the word of me. It isn't about me, and it isn't about you. At least not at its core. It is about God. It is through reading the word of God, through the lens of learning who God is, that we learn who we are, in that order. I know that I'm not the only one who has read the Bible incorrectly and taken verses out of context. The truth is that it is vital that we read scripture in a way that it was intended to be read, in its full context. If we don't, we can fall down a slippery slope of unsound doctrine. This is dangerous. Recently, I saw a social media post that said that only 9% of Christians have actually read the entire Bible. What? How can we say that we know God if we don't read his word? All of his word. How can we stand on a firm foundation, God, if we don't know what he has told us? More recently, I learned the term Bible literacy. In the book, Women of the Word, author Jen Wilkin tells us, Bible literacy occurs when a person has access to a Bible in a language she understands and is steadily moving toward knowledge and understanding of the text. If it is true that the character and will of God are proclaimed in Scripture, then any serious attempt to become equipped for the work of discipleship must include a desire to build Bible literacy. Bible literacy stitches patchwork knowledge into a seamless garment of understanding. Like I had said, I hadn't known what Bible literacy that term was um, up until about a year ago when reading Jen Wilkins' book. Now that we've kind of dissected what Bible literacy is, Laura and Danielle, why do you think it's important to have Bible literacy? 
I was driving by um, a sign outside of a church building once that said, make sure you listen to God before speaking for him. Mm. And I thought that was really good. Um, It is so easy to use God as uh, a tool for our own agendas. And you see this all the time with, you know, um, nonprofit organizations and people who claim to be doing wonderful things in God's name. And as soon as you put God there and say it's for him, you can make more money from it. And so I've seen how scripture can be taken out of context um, and and seen how, like you said, Heidi, that it can be used um, to serve us instead of actually coming to the Bible and saying, how can I learn about God today? Like, how can I learn more about his character yeah. and what he's up to by actually studying the word? So I think that's definitely important. As much as we don't like to admit it, we're all very, in my opinion, we're all very self-centered people. We are. Like, we focus a lot on ourselves and one thing that I've noticed a lot in the last couple of years when I go to church, I'll just listen to the worship songs and the songs that we're singing. And a lot of times those songs are all about us. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're singing praises to God, but a lot of it has to do with like um, our struggles and our feelings and what we're going through and all of these different things. Um, not in, not in all songs for sure, but there are definitely a lot. And as I think about that, I'm like, okay, Heidi, you're right. A lot of what, um, a lot of the way that I've seen the Bible in the past was going in to fulfill myself, to fix my problems, mm-hmm. to figure out what I needed from God in order to do what I needed to do in my life right. and to, um, quote unquote, prosper. Um, whereas it should be the exact opposite. I should be going, um, going to church to honor God, singing songs to praise Him, um, sharing the gospel to bring glory to His name. Um, and when you look at that, look at it in that light, it, everything changes. Like it's Absolutely. a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. In uh, Women of the Word, Jen Wilkin describes what you were just talking about as the Xanax approach to reading the Bible. Interesting. Yeah, because it's a way of like, okay, this is how I'm feeling today. What verses can I find that are going to be comforting? What's going to make me feel good about myself? And so then you go through and you cherry pick and you read whatever's going to be comforting. And yes, the Word of God can be comforting. But there's a lot that it is in the Bible that is really uncomfortable, is really, you know, you leave it going, Ugh, I don't feel so great about myself. And so I think when we we take the Bible and we just use it as a way to comfort ourselves and use the Xanax approach, we're not actually learning about God and we're hurting ourselves in our relationship with God. I like super solid point. I, I think that is really true and something that we need to be more aware of at least I do for sure I was listening to I don't know if you call it a sermon but it was a talk today on apologetics so this pastor was sharing um, basically how to share the gospel with other people um, and how to defend Christianity really and he was saying that before he became a pastor um, back in his 20s he had two different relig- or he was following two different religions before he became saved and became a Christian mm-hmm. and he said, I've followed three different religions in my life. Like, that's a lot. That doesn't make sense. But he's like, truth be told, I followed those religions because they gave me what I wanted in that season of life. So I was a Buddhist for a period of time because I liked what Buddhism offered me. Mm-hmm. And then when I became a Christian, I was a Christian for a period of time, period of time. And then I backslid because I had all these rules and regulations that I believed I had to follow 
And he didn't want that anymore. And so it's just really interesting. And I think a lot of people, it kind of, it blew my mind in a sense that I've fallen in that trap before too, where it's like, I follow Christianity because it offers me these things. But when I can't do what I want to do, then I'm not quite as solid in my walk with God. And I, I think we've all fallen down that road, um, which by God's grace, we are, we're brought back. But mm-hmm. um, it's just something important to think of. I've heard a lot these days about people looking for, I'm looking for my truth. Oh, I just I just need to look yeah. for my truth. Yeah. And that bothers me so much because, I mean, truth is truth. So either you're looking for the truth or you're looking for something to make you feel good. Um, you know, like if gravity is a, it's a rule, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with gravity, mm-hmm. gravity is a law. You and know? if you don't agree with it, you're not going to not be affected by it. That's right. right. It still yeah. affects you. Uh, in the book Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, he talks about that like right in the beginning of the book and about how people and it, I think when he wrote the book, it wasn't as predominant in society that my truth thing as it is now. But it's so relevant what he wrote. Um, I, I'm, I'm not quoting it because I don't have it in front of me word for word, but he talks about how, you know, the when someone takes something away from you that's yours, um, you feel a reaction. You're angry about it because that's mine. Well, if there is no truth, then how would you have that feeling? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like, and you don't have to be taught anything to know that from very young age that if someone takes something that is yours, something's wrong. Yeah, right. Exactly. So there is no like truth is the truth is the truth is the truth. And it doesn't change based on how you feel. For sure. Or if I say nothing is true, I mean that right there is me claiming truth on that <laughs> statement right right because you're saying it's true that yeah exactly true. so yeah, this pastor true. that i was listening to today and that's what he kept doing like people say like your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and Mm-mm. it's like yeah. oh is that true <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's true if you think about it yeah there you go. i love that uh yeah there is this bible verse um and it's in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, and it says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers who say what their itching ears want to hear. Oh, what verse was that? Uh, 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. And Very relevant. It's so relevant. And I actually um, was not familiar with that Bible verse until reading uh, a book called Deceive No More by Doreen Virtue. And she thought she was a Christian. Um, you know, she stamped that label, I'm a Christian. And yet she was actually the highest, um, the most popular New Age author. Wow. And yeah, and she, because she would sometimes take scripture and put it into her books or her, or her teachings or whatever. But she didn't actually follow sound doctrine it was mixed with you know buddhism this something that had to do with like uh egyptian geometry and and all these different things pulled in and she had grown up in this one religion where um they only acknowledge that which is positive yeah and she talked about how um you know whatever is positive if you think on the positive then you'll have positive things but if you think on the negative or associate with negative people then you're attracting negativity into your life so she was ignoring the truth of the gospel and wouldn't look into the bible because to acknowledge hell to acknowledge sin um negative things yeah negative things to acknowledge the truth was was wrong to her yeah but 
just because it doesn't feel nice, like we were just saying, it doesn't mean that that goes away and stops being true. Yeah. Normally, truth will make us feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Heidi, we were talking about like how Jesus was not like Barney or Mr. Rogers. Right. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Barney or Mr. Rogers. And not saying that Jesus wasn't kind. He he was incredibly kind, but he also was firm mm. and he spoke truth and he stood his ground and he, yeah, he told people, he called people out. And so yeah. I think, um, I hope I'm not getting off topic here, no. but I think it's easy just to, like you, like, like we've already said, believe what we want to believe, see what we want to see and have our eyes focused on that one thing. Yeah, if I put my finger right in front of me. I see my finger, Mm -hmm. but I don't see everything else around me. And I think that it's easy to do that with the Bible as well. Yeah. I love what you said about how, well, I don't know if I love it, but I think it's very true (laughs) how you said truth. Barney or Mr. Rogers? (laughs) Both. (laughs) No, how you said that truth is uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, when people get offended, I heard someone once say that what offends you reveals you. Mm. And so rather than, you know, when someone offends you, rather than getting up and and angry about it and going, oh, you offended me, like you pushed you pushed the wrong button. Instead, take a look at yourself and ask, wait, why was there a button there? Yeah. What what's that revealing of me? Absolutely. And powerful question. And and not only that, Jesus offended people left, right and center constantly (laughs) every single day. People did not like him. Yeah. Like like you're both saying it's going to make you uncomfortable. If it's true, often when I read the Bible, I feel convicted and I feel in my soul, I don't want to, I don't want to believe this. And um, that's partly why less people actually read the Bible. It's it's the same with, you know, spending quiet time alone with your heart. Mm -hmm. You get to hear what's really in there. And sometimes it's scary. Like you got to get really comfortable with wanting to learn and grow and find out where you're, where you're struggling and where your issues are, because reading the Bible is really going to bring that out. Exactly. And it's through reading the Bible and learning who God is that you're again, it's not about us, but learning about who God is, is going to edify us and make us more like God. Yes. And I think we do need to clarify that it's not about looking for a book of rules and trying to right. you know set your life standards and fix everything about yourself. <laughs> but really it is. Um, sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, it's like, it's like a verse jumps out at me. It's like God's speaking right to my heart. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a book of rules where it's like, this is what you should do or not do. But if you're really reading it with a heart desiring to see God and to see his heart, then it does reveal things about your character. Absolutely. And the heart of seeking God is reading his word. If And, and, and th- that's another thing too, is, you know, if we're reading the Bible just to make it so that we feel nice, um, we're going to avoid parts of the Bible, like we're saying, but we're also, you know, going to avoid Leviticus. Is it Leviticus? That's <laughs> fallen asleep. Three times. So, funny, <laughs> funny story. I I started reading the whole Bible three years in a row. I had like a read through Bible in a year. <laughs> it took me three years of starting this thing over before I made it past Leviticus. Oh my After gosh. that, it was good. It's actually a really interesting book. Yeah. <laughs> I know Genesis and Exodus off by heart. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Leviticus got me stuck three years in a row. All right, yeah. go ahead. We want to hear it. Start from Genesis. Yeah. From the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> I actually, and, and like, like I had said that, that, um, it was actually on Doreen Virtue's Instagram page that I had seen. I don't, so that it might be incorrect. So I don't know if only 9% of Christians have right. read the full Bible, yeah. mm-hmm. but I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, it's very believable because most people who claim that they're Christian don't read the Bible or they only read parts of the Bible. And you guys are missing out. Oh, it's actually yeah. like, 
It's a storybook. There's some it really is. good stuff in there. It's it, like epic drama. It is. It's amazing. And I mean, it's a one overarching story, story yeah. that has a whole bunch of little stories that point to that overarching mm-hmm. uh, huge story, which is the um, about God and, and his redemption and and who he is. Um, but yeah, the the I, I didn't I actually am I'm only just starting to read the Bible from cover to cover which, you know, I'm embarrassed to say right now. Um, And that's not to say I never read the Bible. I did, but I would read, I would avoid those chapters or those books of the Bible like Leviticus. So I would read, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, like so on. I would focus only on the New Testament and then the, you know, Genesis, Exodus, and then not do Leviticus. And I I haven't read those. I read parts of them. And then same thing. It's like, ah, you know, what are all these names? What important? How is this important to me? Well, it really is. It's God's word. Yeah, it's true. Every word in it, every sentence has has meaning and power to it, even though it might not seem like it. But I don't think you need to feel embarrassed because I think that there is a lot of people, like you just said. Well, not that you shouldn't feel embarrassed. How do I say that? <laughs> okay, you should be totally messed that Thanks. one up. Thanks. Well, what I mean yeah, by yeah. that is that you just said, like, there's a lot of people that haven't, right? And so yeah. not to be embarrassed by it, but to be aware that, like, mm. okay, this is something that's really, really important and I should do it. But if 9% of people or Christians have read the Bible, that's a pretty low number. So I'm sure yeah. a lot of people that are listening to this. Um, I'm actually one book away from finishing. That's awesome. Um, Which so book? Leviticus? I also... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Daniel. <laughs> what? That's like the best one. I know. I just started today. It's great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so I also haven't. Um, and it's something that I've been working on for a while. And it's not something that I like to talk about just because it's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people have not. So Yeah. I. Um... <laughs> not that you should be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a little embarrassing. You know, <laughs> when you call yourself a Christian, but you haven't actually read God's word. How many people, I know so many people that say, and and you know, this is going to sound very condemning, um, that say, I'm a Christian. But again, they follow, you know, they love to read their horoscope and they, they will go and, you know, find a person who reads their tarot cards and they're like very into that. And then, you know, which is a sin it's gone it's not when when you look into those things that that's from the devil that's not from god and god says that in his word but if you haven't read his word to know differently where what is your foundation on it's not on god right well even things that are not a a sin um Mm -hmm. you shouldn't necessarily have to find that support outside of outside of christ right i think we we do a lot of you know, self-help and, and taking care of ourselves. Um, you know, I remember when I was young, I just go to my parents with all my problems. Mm-hmm. Like I, I expect them to fix that. And there was a point where I had to realize like, Hey, God's got me. Like I'm his girl. I can go to him first. When yeah. I have a broken heart, I can bring it to him. Like when I don't know what to do about this job opportunity, I can bring it to him first. I don't necessarily have to go out and, and find mentors and not that there isn't a place for that, but I think it's easy to start relying on those things instead of just turning to God and his ideas and his, I mean, he knows so much more than we do about our own stories. So mm-hmm. we really can trust him with that. That's it for now for Unstoppable Grace. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned to hear more on this topic on our next episode.